So we're thinking about friendship, and uh, certainly for me and for many people today, there are two big cultural things that have shaped the way we think about friendship. Certainly where I come from, and I'm guessing it would be similar here as well. Two big cultural phenomena that have shaped how many people in the world today view the, uh, the whole issue of friendship. The first of those two things is, do you remember the, the TV show Friends? Was that popular in Malaysia? Um, so that first came out, I think, in 93, 94. Um, those of us who remember when it first came out are now feeling very old. But uh, you may remember the opening song uh, in every episode of Friends. I'm not going to sing it. But the words were, so no one told you life was going to be this way. Your job's a joke, you're broke. Your love life's DOA. It's like you're always stuck in second gear. It hasn't been your day, your week, your month, or even your year. But, anyone remember the next bit? I'll be there for you. That's right. Again, thank you for not singing that as well. (laughs) And uh, at the height of its success, Friends was the most successful comedy ever. Okay, it was huge. Um, It was about six people in their 20s who lived in the middle of New York City. And uh, they were a group of friends. And uh, the show was about them, their relationships, their friendships, their uh, various things that uh, happened to them. Um, Each of the main actors at the time was receiving over a million dollars for every episode. And again, 20 years ago, that was even more money than it is um, now. And originally, when the the producers came up with the idea of doing this TV show, they were going to call it Friends Like Us. But then one of the producers thought, actually, that sounded too exclusive. And they wanted, the, the whole premise behind the show was they wanted it to feel like this was a group of friends that you thought and felt like you belonged to. They wanted you to feel that you were part of the gang of friends in the TV show. And so they called it Friends. That's why it was given that name. It's kind of open-ended. You can feel like they're your friends. And it captured what many, many people long for. Many people long to have a group of people who are that close to you, who are saying to you, I'll be there for you. Whatever is going on in your life, I will always be around. Uh, For many people, that is a very, very deep longing, to have a group of friends who are always there for you. And that TV show presented a kind of model of community that many people want. Uh, it was, it's a, a very, in many respects, a very unrealistic community because in the middle of a place like New York City, to, to have the same five other people living just very close to you for, for that many years is very unusual. But it tapped into what many people want, to have a group of people even in a big city, a group of people who are committed to you. So that's the first big cultural thing that shaped how we might think about friendship. The other thing, you can probably guess, is Facebook. Um, there's, a whole, there's a whole load of kinds of social networks now, but friend, uh, Facebook is still the biggest. Um, last, uh, the, the latest figures I could get were for March... But by March, it had just under one and a half billion regular users. And because of the influence of Facebook, 
friend has now become a verb. Okay, friend used to be a person. Friend now means that you add someone to your list of contacts on, friendship, on, on Facebook, right? So you see somebody uh, you vaguely remember from years ago, maybe someone you went to school with or somebody you worked with. You've not seen them for about seven years, but they request to add you as a friend. And you think, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what they're up to now, and you accept their friendship request. And in Facebook world, that is called friending someone. Okay? Now, because of that, that, is, that has influenced what we think of as a friend. In Facebook, a friend is someone whose contact details you have access to, and you can look at their, their, their Facebook page and kind of see vaguely what they're up to. Uh, you can kind of feel like you know roughly what they're doing in life, what their job is. Uh, because of Facebook, you can probably know what they had for dinner if they've been thoughtful enough to take a photograph of it and let you uh, see that. But essentially, a friend on Facebook is, is what we would normally just have called a contact. You have a list of contacts. In Facebook, it's a list of friends. And so you've got this bizarre situation now where people can say, oh, I have 700 friends. And the fact that that sentence is even possible means that we have changed what we mean by friend. We've changed it from the person who is committed to you, the person who knows you well, the I'll be there for you person, to someone that you've given permission to stalk you. Essentially, right? Uh, it's just a contact. Someone you may not have seen or spoken to for many years. Someone you might not even know and have never even met, but you're thinking, it might be useful to be in touch with you, so I will friend you. And the trouble is, we think that is what a friend is. And so the upshot of both of these influences is that we live in a world where we know we need that kind of companionship, that kind of community, and yet we now have a very, very low view of friendship. Um, anyone who thinks they have 500 friends doesn't. Okay? Uh, and we've, we've kind of redefined friendship so we think... We know what we're doing when it comes to friendship. We think, well, I, know, I don't need a seminar on friendship. I've got 1,500 friends on Facebook. How could I need help on friendship? But actually, we will realize, I hope, today, that what we think of as friends in our own culture today is very different to what the Bible talks about when the Bible talks about friendship. And it may surprise you to know the Bible has a lot to say about friendship um, we're going to base most of our time in the book of Proverbs. It's the, the book of the Bible that speaks the most about friendship. Let me tell you a couple of quick things um, about the book of Proverbs. Um, chapters 1 to 9 are one long exposition of what wisdom is and how wisdom works. That's what Proverbs is about. Proverbs is about learning how to be wise in a world that God has made. Um, I, when I was at school, we, we had woodwork lessons. I don't know how many of you had woodwork lessons at school. Did you ever do that, woodwork at school? Some of us did. 
Um, I was rubbish at woodwork. But one thing I remember from those classes is that wood has a grain to it. And therefore, if you're cutting a piece of wood, you want to, ideally, you want to work with the grain and not against the grain. Okay? If you try and cut against the grain, it splinters and gets very messy. Uh, wood has a grain to it that the long fibers that make up a, a piece of wood have a, have a shape. They're lined up in a certain way. Uh, it's not just wood. Paper has a grain to it. It's why if you try and tear a piece of paper down one end, it just kind of it doesn't work. It just sort of shoots off to the side. You can tear a piece of paper one way much more easily than you can tear a piece of paper the other. Don't try that now with your, with your um, handouts. Um, cat fur has a grain to it. Uh, if you're not sure about this, take a, take a cat. Stroke it one direction and see how it responds and then stroke it the other way and see if the cat is happy. Okay, if, you, if you try and stroke a cat from the tail up towards the head, um, it won't be a happy experience for you or the cat. Okay? <laughs> the fur has a grain to it. It's lined up in a certain way. And the book of Proverbs is saying that the universe has a grain to it. And wisdom, if you like, is learning how to live with the grain of how God has made the universe to work. Does that make sense? That's what wisdom is. It's kind of understanding how God has wired up the universe to be and living in the light of that. Going with the grain of the universe rather than against the grain of how God has made things. And part of living with the grain of the universe is getting friendship right. It's interesting. A book that is about wisdom, a book that is about living rightly in God's world, talks a lot about friendship. Friendship is a, a part of being wise. So chapters 1 to 9 of Proverbs are about wisdom, what wisdom is, how wisdom is found, all those kinds of questions. And then chapters 10 to 31, the kind of writing changes. You go from long explanation, and it's as if the, the book of Proverbs goes into Twitter mode. Okay, you go from, from long paragraphs to just little sound bites, little statements. And it's basically a long series of individual proverbs, hence the name of the book. Um, short, one or two sentence, pithy bits of wisdom. And if you've ever tried reading through the book of Proverbs, you will know that it, it feels like a bit of a jumble. Uh, any chapter of Proverbs, you read it through and there's proverb on this, a proverb on that, a proverb on something else, and it feels very muddled up. It's as if the author has dropped all of his notes on the floor and hasn't bothered to reorganize them, and so everything's just kind of misfiled. Um, it seems to change subjects almost every verse in the book of Proverbs, and I was trying to wonder why that was, uh, why, why the book of Proverbs, why it isn't organized thematically but why everything is just mixed up. And I think it's because that is how life is. Uh, generally in life, you don't need all of your wisdom on friendship to come on one day of the week and all of your wisdom on work to come on another day of the week. On any given day of your life, you need a bit of wisdom about this and a bit of wisdom about something else, don't you? 
And so a really good thing to do if you are looking for something to, to, to do to kind of help you as a Christian, the book of Proverbs has 31 chapters. Uh, most months have 31 days. So read a chapter of Proverbs every day. If you're not used to reading the Bible, just read a chapter of Proverbs and you will see that it gives you little bits of wisdom about lots of different things. And I think that's because any given chapter of Proverbs will give you the kind of wisdom you will need on any given day of the week. I need a bit of help to think about family. I need a bit of help to think about not being lazy. I need a bit of help to think about whatever else it might be. Okay, does that make sense? So that is the book of Proverbs. And what we're going to do in a moment is dive in to see what Proverbs says about friendship. But just to start us off, I thought it might be good in your groups uh, just to think quickly about two questions. They're on the sheets. How many good friends would you say you have? There's no right or wrong answer to that. Just, and you, might, you might not even want to say. Um, when I was emailing Andrew about doing this seminar, Andrew was asking what topics I could do a seminar on. I suggested I could do a seminar on friendship, and Andrew said, oh, I've never thought about friendship, which made him sound very lonely. <laughs> but, um, so how many good friends would you say you have? Andrew, you can make up a number there if that, if that helps. And it would just be good to know, how would you define friendship? It doesn't have to be sophisticated, but just how would you define what a friend is? Okay, so just think about those two things, just for two or three minutes, and then we will see what Proverbs has to say and compare how we normally think to what the Bible says. Okay? Okay, we're over the page in our handout. What we're going to think about um, over the the, the rest of our time is, is three kind of things. The first is the importance of friendship. I think this is something we need to be reminded of in our own particular uh, time. Uh, The importance of friendship, the the marks of friendship. So actually, what is the sign that someone is a good friend? And then the final thing we'll look at is the source of friendship and think about how our relationship with God, again, should make us people who are better friends. Okay? Okay. So let's think about the importance of friendship. I'm going to share some some stuff from Proverbs, and then we'll get to the the marks of friendship and and do some more group work, and we'll we'll stop for coffee before too long. So the importance of true friendship. Um, Proverbs chapter 18, if you've got that open in front of you, have a look at verse 24. Proverbs 18, verse 24, if you don't have a Bible open or to hand, it's page 541, if you want to look it up. Uh, Proverbs 18, verse 24, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Okay, Proverbs is showing how friendship is different from two other kinds of relationship that we will commonly experience. Um, Having a friend is not just the same as having what the, the... writer of Proverbs just calls companions. It's not just the same as having a companion. And by companion, it means people you hang out with. So friendship is not not the same as just people that you hang out with. It's not just what we would call where I come from, your mates. Uh, It's not the same thing as people you can kind of pop round and see and watch a sports match with or go and see a movie with. 
Um, it is easy, relatively speaking, to have people who are generally around, people we are familiar with, but that is not quite what the book of Proverbs means by friendship. And again, this is one of the things where things like Facebook create the illusion of friendship because we feel like there are lots of people who around who know what we're up to and we know what they're up to. There are a lot of people who feel familiar to us, but that is not the same thing as friendship. So friendship is not just the same as, as people you can, you can hang out with. And notice, too, in that verse, friendship is not the same thing as family. That doesn't mean the two can't overlap, but it means we're not talking about the same thing necessarily. And I have to say, at the time the book of Proverbs was written, that was a, that was a really astonishing thing to say. Uh, Proverbs was written in a, a, a time when family was massively, massively important, as it still is in many cultures today. So it is quite something for, for Proverbs to say, actually there's a kind of relationship that can be closer than a family. Now, family often are the very people who are there for you in hard times. The, the, the verse is not denying that. But the point is there is a difference between a friend and someone who's a member of your family. And the difference is this. A friend is someone who's chosen you. In other words, any obligation they feel to be there for you is entirely voluntary. And so friendship is a very different kind of thing to any other relationship. Um, the great writer C.S. Lewis, who many of you may, may have come across from, from the, the Narnia books, um, wrote some wonderful, uh, wise kind of Christian books and essays. And he wrote an essay on friendship. And he said that friendship on one level is the least natural kind of love. He says, friendship is not instinctive, it's not biological, it's not, in one sense, it's not necessary. And he says, it's because of all of that, that friendship is, is so important to us. It's because it's not kind of a biological need. It's, it is a voluntary form of love. And he says, it is that voluntary nature of it that makes it so vital. You are... That doesn't mean you don't have genuine feelings of love for your, your family members, but it's a different kind of thing. And the book of Proverbs shows us just that friendship is very, very important. The fact that the book of Proverbs talks about friendship shows us actually that you can't do wise living, or putting it another way, you can't be godly without friends. You can't be godly without friends. You cannot be a wise person without the kind of friendship proverb, Proverbs describes. Um, proverbs shows us, and we're going to see this uh, just now, that you need to choose your friends carefully. Because of the, the kind of thing that friendship is, your friends will shape you in some way. 
In fact, that's one of the great things about friendship. I, I heard someone recently talk about how all of us have been left a little bit weird by our families. Okay? This was a, someone was, was speaking and he was saying, actually, all of us are, are a little bit odd just because of the families we come from. Okay, our families have made us just a little bit weird. Every family's a bit weird in its own way. And he said one of the great things about friendship is friends, friends can have a moderating effect on the kind of way your family has made you a weird person. Okay? They can kind of take the edge off it a bit. So that was a very good observation. But it does mean we need to choose our friends carefully. So have a look at the... Uh, let's just listen into these verses. No need to turn them up. Proverbs 13, verse 20 says, Whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of a fool will suffer harm. Okay, you hang around with wise people, some of their wisdom will rub off on you. If you hang around people who are foolish, which in Proverbs means actually people who are not living for God, people who are immoral, that's what the fool, the fool is in, in Proverbs, If you hang around them all the time, actually that will rub off on you as well. Uh, That doesn't mean you shouldn't be friends with people who aren't believers or anything like that. But it does mean you've got to recognize your friends influence you. And therefore, who you are friends with will shape the kind of person you turn out to be. Uh, Therefore, Proverbs 22 verse 24 says, Make no friendship with a man given to anger nor go with a wrathful man. Just one example of that. If you hang around, spend all of your time with someone who is constantly prone to anger, again, that will affect the kind of person you are. Um, Let me show you Proverbs 12, uh, verse 26. Uh, One who is righteous is a guide to his neighbor but the way of the wicked leads them astray. Okay, so again, the kind of person you are will rub off on other people. The kind of people other people are will rub off on you. Um, Again, C.S. Lewis said that friendship can be a school of virtue, but it can also be a school of vice. It makes good men better and bad men worse. Uh, part of the dynamic of friendship is that it, it changes you. Something of the other person rubs off on you. Uh, that is because in Proverbs, friendship is, is that close a thing. Now, I don't know um, quite how things are in Malaysia, but certainly back in the UK, um, all the focus in society generally is on sexual love and so there's lots of interest in 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 the UK it's very very sad but there's lots of kind of fascination with who is sleeping with who no one's interested in who is who is friends with who Uh, we're kind of fixated in the UK and in, in lots of other parts of the west on sexual love that's kind of where our cultural interest lies and so uh, the, the American preacher, Tim Keller, said that it's interesting in, in the, the movies, The Lord of the Rings, okay, many of us will have seen those, I suppose. Um, in the book, The Lord of the Rings is all about friendship. And there is some romantic stuff that's tucked away in the appendices. 
But in the movies, all the romantic stuff has been taken from the appendices and put front and center in the main story because culturally, we're interested in romance and sex. We're not interested in friendship. And because of that, certainly where I come from, and it may be different here, I hope it is, people back in the UK generally, and this this would be true of the West in general, can't imagine intimacy without sex being involved. Uh, we've, We've come to the point now as a culture in the West where we think intimacy equals sex, and that you can't have intimacy without sex, And the ironic consequence of that is many people end up having sex that lacks intimacy because they think sex is intimacy. And it means that when we read about what earlier generations said about friendship, it sounds weird to many people. And so I take it it's a sign that where I come from, uh, it is a very strong sign that people are living in a way that is foolish. Uh, Again, Proverbs says, without friendship, Proverbs-style friendship, actually we cannot prosper spiritually. A man of many companions may come to ruin. If you don't have true friends, you can face ruin. Uh, You cannot live wisely without friendship, without close friendship. So that's why friendship matters so much. So if that is the case, how do we spot it? How do we know it when we've got it? What uh, what do we look for in someone to see if they are a Proverbs-type friend? And this is where I'm going to ask you to do some work. You'll see number two on the sheets, the marks of friendship. And I've given you a a few verses there. Uh, Just around your tables, maybe pick a verse each or go through each of them together. And uh, we'll see how long. We'll give plenty of time to this. And uh, at some point I will sense that we need caffeine and we'll we'll pause and grab uh, some refreshments and then come back, okay? But around the tables, uh, think through those verses. Uh, What makes someone a good friend?